Welcome back, everybody. This is WAM 90.5 Halftime with the Playmakers. It's your boy, Mr. 813, Mama Kibi, and I'm here with my boy, Brian. Tell him what's up, Brian. Yo, what's good, everybody? This is Brian Hart and Junior. You know, always, always represent South Florida, 954 everywhere I go. Uh, how you feeling today, Amon? I feel great. It's the first of the month, and you know what that means. Oh, man, it's, it's the beginning of summer? No, 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 no. Be- beginning of the hurricane season? No, no, no. That means the NBA Finals are tomorrow. Mm. <laughs> I am so ready mm. for that, man. We got a special podcast for y'all today. We are strictly talking about only NBA things. Uh, Brian, let's start off by talking about Game 7. So... Hey, man, as a Heat fan, I'm, I, I'm, I'm very... I can't, I can't say I'm too disappointed. Um, Jimmy Butler played his his tail off. All he played every single minute, forty eight minutes. I mean, this is the fourth or fifth time in his career that he's played every single minute in the playoff game. But he did it um, a few times in Chicago. He did it in the bubble uh, during his final appearance there, and he did it again Game Seven. So he played he played he played very well on both ends of the floor, really, and gave it his absolute all. So as a Heat fan, no, am I sad that we lost? Yeah, I'm sad we lost. Of course, I wanted to go to the finals, but I'm not. I'm not disappointed by our performance. Yeah. So this game, in a lot of ways, was very controversial. Um, I put on uh, my Instagram uh, before the game. I put an Instagram poll to see what you guys thought who was going to win the game. And out of 259 people who voted, 72 percent of everyone said the Celtics. Only 28 Dang, said the Heat. 72? Yeah. And so the Celtics did get it done in Game 7 thanks to Jason Tatum's 27 points. Uh, six assists, 10 rebounds. The inaugural Larry Bird Eastern Conference Finals player of the game, MVP, I should say. Uh, what do you think about that? He did play very well in Game 7. Um, he, didn't, he didn't cheat the most efficient shots, but he did hit big shots when it, when it was time. Yeah. I remember when the shot clock was going down, Marks might give him the three. He hit a step back, step back three and on the wing. Fully contested. Great shot. You know, you kind of expect that from players like Jason Tatum who are looking to become superstars in his league. So he, he played very well, you know, during, towards the end of the, um, end of the game. Right. So I remember we were having a conversation the last time we were here and we were talking about whether Jason Tatum is at superstar status or not. He's so what? Way, so so what are you saying now? He's I, still on the way. He's, he's on, not there yet. He's not there yet. Oh, bro, because come on, Brian. With Jason Tatum, he has to be more consistent. Or like when we think superstar, we have the, we we think of you know the LeBron, the Kevin Durant, the Steph Curry. We think if they're on a good team, their team that team is immediately going to a championship or has the potential of winning a championship. Right. And, and you you still and don't. I feel like, and I feel like based off his finals play this year, you know, win or lose, based off this, his play in the finals this year is going to determine whether or not he's reached that superstar status. I do. Okay, I see your point. I mean, he did go 9 from 21 from the field, but let's be real. The Celtics do not go to the NBA finals without Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown for that matter. Definitely. So, Definitely. so Brown, Smart, and Tatum combined for 75 points. That's insane. That's what you want from your big three. That's exactly That's what, what you, you want, want from your big three and a big three that a lot of people did not think could play together at that. Yeah, they were looking to get rid of. They were looking to break this team out during the beginning of the season. You know, they did start off slow at the beginning of the year, and then around All Star break, you know, they, we saw them become the number one defensive ranked team in the NBA. We saw them go. I believe it, well, they finished around 34, 34, 11, right? Something around that. Around yeah. Those. So, so at the beginning of the season, they were eighteen and twenty one. They were out of the playing contention. They were out of playoff contention, and then they hired Ime Udoku. Who's been? This is his rookie year, technically. But he's a he's a rookie in terms of coaching. Exactly. So he's a rookie coach. Made it to the NBA Finals in his first season, and defeated arguably had one of the toughest roads to get to the NBA Finals. Right. 
definitely a tough, definitely the tougher role. If we think about his matchups, he goes against Brooklyn with Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, and makes him absolutely obsolete. We've never seen Kevin Durant be look like that in a series before, and that that's the coach that um, his coaching and his team's defense. And then the next round they go play Milwaukee. And you know, I know they don't have Chris Middleton, but they still played very well when guarding as as well as you can guard Giannis. Right. They played very well as a team, and they went to Miami, who is another top defensive team, and they were able to outscore them even with that tough defense that they do bring. Yeah, so let's talk about why the Heat lost this game. So I kind of have like a couple of my own reasons why. A big reason why is their three-point shooting. The Miami Heat went six for 30 from the three-point uh, that line. Was a, that's a, and we were and we were technically the, um, the number one ranked team, three-point shooting team in the NBA. The number one ranked team in three-point shooting, but you go six for 30, an all-time low 20% from that yeah. range. I just don't understand. A lot, of, a lot of that comes with Boston's defense, but some of it are just we're just missing wide open shots. Yeah, y'all weren't making y'all shots. It, it, at, at times, it was kind of like you guys were forcing those shots. Yeah. And I just kind of wanted to get your gauge of of what what could have been their thinking. I know Miami's your team, so 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 tell me what 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 was their thinking behind that? What what could have been their reasoning for shooting so many threes but not you know, making a lot you know, of them? And you know, in the NBA now, um, you live by the three, you die by the three. So if I'm a number one three-point shooting team, obviously I shoot a lot of threes. Right. And so sometimes what teams, we see a lot, because there's, there's a lot of, inex, and we know it is the Miami Heat, they do bring that culture, but there's a lot of inexperienced players on here like Max Juice, Gabe Vincent, players of that sort. We do see that. That's an excuse? It's not an excuse. It's not an excuse. But we do see that when the shots aren't falling, they don't try to take the ball inside and get the easy ones first. You know, start inside and then work your way out. Once the three ball is not falling, but we didn't see that a lot. We see a lot of Max Schuess trying to force threes to go in. Right. We see Kyle Lowry. I don't know if it has to do with his injury, but Kyle Lowry wasn't really trying to get to the rim as much. He was really kind of settling for the contested jump shots. He was just taking bad shot after bad shot. And and that's, that's that leads me into my next point, right? So two reasons why I think that he lost his game. One, because of their three-point shooting. Two, because of the lack of help from the rest of the Miami Heat, right? Tyler Hero was, was definitely missed. Tyler Hero was definitely missed. A person that could come off the bench and give you 20, 10, and 5 on any given day. His presence was truly missed. And so we talk about Jimmy Butler's performance, right? 35 points, 9 rebounds, 1 assist, and 1 steal, right? But then you go to the other players on the team. You have P.J. Tucker, who through the previous six games, 17, 0, 7, 11, and 0 again. He He also played 17 minutes, which I thought was weird. Cause very weird. Champ- what well, PJ talked, we saw what he brought with Milwaukee mm. last year. He brings that championship DNA to a team, and then I, they didn't even play him third or fourth quarter. Right, and so you know, you look at the rest of the team. You got Max Struess, and through the previous six games, he had 18, 0, 4, 13, and eight. That's not enough. That's not going to help you overcome a, a strong team offensively and defensively like the Boston Celtics. Then you have Gabe Vincent, who gives you three, eight, fifteen, two, and four. Right, so. The players aren't scoring. They're not scoring. <laughs> yeah. And and so Jimmy Butler played all forty eight minutes because he, like the rest we of had, us know. We had no we had no choice. Right. We he had, no, had choice. no choice. And then don't even get me started on Bam out of bio, right? He played well game in game seven. He played all right. He gives you thirty one in game one. He has a cold night, gives you nine in game two. Then he somewhat shows up from for game three and he gives you eighteen and ten. Then he has six points in game four. And then at some point, you know, I'm watching the series and I'm like, at some point, where is the consistency, right? So yeah. we talk about consistency from Jason Tatum and why you feel like he's not a superstar. I feel differently, but 
you know, we talk about consistency. So, so where is the consistency from Bam? That's kind of the biggest issue that I've, I've right. been having with Bam so far. Because you know, with Game Seven, give us twenty, twenty, give us twenty-five, eleven, and four, right? Played mm-hmm. great, but too often we see him not do that. And I don't know why Bam. Like a lot of times we see we see him do that. You know, that Draymond Green a lot, where he's at the top of the key around the free throw, around like around the fifteen feet mark. And then instead of looking to shoot the ball, he's looking to do some type of handoff. Right. Right. And I feel like in those situations, if you want to be a dominant big or or, or a star big in this league, you know those kind of shots you do have to take. You can't look to be passive in those situations. And I feel like too often he is passive there. Now, one thing I can't appreciate about Bam is the type of uh, big that, that he is. But I think he has to elevate his game a little bit more. Um, what I mean by that is by his shooting. Um, you look at bigs like Giannis or Jokic, those guys can do it all. They can play in the paint, they can drive to the paint, and they can also be a threat from the three-point range or mid-range, right? Yeah. I don't see that from Bam. Too many times in this series, I saw Al Horford, as old as Al Horford is, right? He played wonderful. He played great. Al Horford was, played great. That was and my I'm biggest to, surprise. And, and I'm about to get into that into a second. But as much as old as Al Horford is, he was outplaying Bam so many times throughout the series, and I felt like that was also a big difference maker in why the Heat were not able to win Game 7. So, you know, we talk about Al Horford, five points, but he gives you 14 gets, huge Rebounds. Huge rebound. He gives you he gives you ball on maybe not a lot of offense, but he does well. He can he has capabilities of going off on offense. You know, right. he give, give get, can give you twenty right. at this big age that he's at right now. But we see on the defensive end, he brings a lot of energy. We see the uh-huh. we see the feed off of him and Robert Williams. We see the um, the Celtics feed off of their energy as well on the defensive end. Right, and so what I think what makes the Celtics so dangerous is not only f- what they can do on the defensive side of the ball, but how they can stretch the floor offensively. Because when you have a big like that who can shoot threes, who can post up and just mm-hmm. shoot a three, knock it down on every given day, that's dangerous. And and he's a big that that does look to make the pass as well. Exactly. So that would make him super dangerous. Like in the post, you can't. Sometimes you can't leave him in a depending on the, like who's guarding him. You have to double him on the post. And if you double him on the post, Al Horford is very capable of passing. I'm not saying he's on Jokic level or anything like that, but he's definitely capable of making the pass outside of the post or to the open corner, which we do see a lot happens with Marcus Martin, Grant Williams when they're playing. Yeah, and so, you know, I take all those things into account. And so I want to talk about the finals now. So the finals matchups are set up. You know, we got Boston, Boston got Golden Golden State. State. So tell me who you feel – is going to win this game one. Game one is tomorrow at 8 o'clock on ABC, by the way. Uh, tell me who you feel is going to win game one and why. Well, to start off about, you know, Miami Heat, um, I as much as I want to see the Heat in the finals, I do understand how Boston is a better matchup for Golden State than Miami is. And, but as far as going game one, I believe Golden State comes out and wins game one. Why? I believe, you know, that energy, you know, the first time back in the finals is three years now. Yeah. Three, four years since they've been in the finals. So I think that that first time being back there, there's, it's going to be like riding a bike for them. You think so? I think it's going to be like riding a bike. So I think they're going to come out and they come out, you know, game, Boston just, just came off of two game seven series. So they're a little banged up right now while Golden State has rested a while. You know, they're a little fresh. You know, they say too much rest too much can rest. kill you. But when you're dealing with people like Draymond, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry, who have that championship experience, Steve Kerr, with that championship experience, you're not going to let their teams come out sluggish for the NBA Finals because they know the importance of every single possession in a Finals game. So I do have them winning game one tonight or tomorrow. I think it's a close one. What is it? The, the spread's three and a half points that they, they're favored yeah, to win by. Yeah, so Golden State is favored to win this game by three and a half points. That's not too bad. It's actually very close. Very close. Very close than what we've seen uh, the point differentiate you know, in the past. So I got to take Boston 
And here's why I take Boston, right? In game one? Yeah, I take Boston in game one. I like them to upset the Warriors in game one, and, and here's why. So when you look at a team like Boston, right, we already talked about how they play defense. We already talked about how they can really score at will on offense. The only way that I can see the Celtics losing game one is Marcus Smart trying to play out of his role <laughs> and Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown not being consistent on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. And that just goes for the entire Celtics roster defensive-wise because when you play a team like the Warriors, they live and die by the three. They created that. They created that, right? So you have to be on your P's and Q's when it comes to how you play defense and what you decide to do when it comes to guarding Steph Curry, right? So I feel if they can do that, which I feel like they will, I think I, I trust their head coach. I feel like he has a great game plan in terms of how to guard Steph Curry, how to handle Jordan Poole, how to handle Klay Thompson. Yeah. You don't really have to worry about Draymond so much because Draymond is more of like a facilitator. But if you shut all those facilitating ways out, then, you know, I think you could have a great chance to go in there and steal one. Okay, so let's 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 go let's go off, off matchup here. Right? You tell me right. you tell me what you think. So I'm gonna go I'm gonna start in order, you know, of if we go we go over from player to player, right? Right. Let's do Jason Tatum versus Steph Curry. Who would you rather have right now going to the series? Jason Tatum. Jason Tatum. All right. Clay Thompson, Jalen Brown. I'm gonna take mm, if Jalen Brown plays like how Jalen Brown played in that first series versus the Nets and even the second series versus the Bucks, I'm taking Jason Brown. I mean Jalen Brown, excuse me. I'm taking Jalen Brown. Too. I'm taking I'm taking Jason Tatum. Actually, I'm taking Steph Curry. Mm. I'm taking Jalen Brown. Right. All right. Uh, Marcus Smart, Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole. You're taking Jordan Poole over Marcus Smart? Yes. Wow. Offensively? Okay, so. What about so, defensively? So, so notice. So, Marcus Smart is the defensive player of the year, right? But he can't score. <laughs> we, we saw this during game seven. There is no escaping the fact that he cannot score he, offensively that well. He's able, he's able to shoot the ball. He's very, he's a, he said, he's a, not going to say a knockdown well, shooter. Well, he didn't, well, he didn't show it because Brian, he took in, in the final five minutes of game seven, he took eight shots, six from three missed all six made two free throws. And if he didn't even make those free throws, who's to say that Boston is going to the finals. So, I look at how he played in Game 7. I look at how Jordan Poole has played coming off the bench the entire playoffs. And Jordan who has, Poole? Who has also been a liability on the defensive end in some situations. Okay, that's fine, but you can make up for that. And you I can make like, up for that like, by scoring. They say, they, they, they say okay, if you, can't, if you can't play defense that good, then uh, you, you, you better be able to score. You know they say defense wins championships. They say defense wins championships, but you can't win a game unless you score what, Brian? Points. You gotta score points. Right. You gotta stop. You gotta stop people from scoring points too. That's also important. It, yeah, that's true. Right. So let's go. Kevon Looney, Robert Williams. I'm taking Robert Williams. I like Robert Williams, but I do feel like Kevon Looney is a better rebounder in, in terms of getting boards he's bigger, he's bigger. and cre- creating second chance opportunities for the Warriors. And I, if you look at if you look at their last season when their last series when they played Dallas, that is what killed the Mavericks. They couldn't get any rebounds. They have no one on the, the 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 side of the ball to get rebounds for them. So with that being said, all you see is Kevon Looney getting a rebound, pushing it back out to Steph, to Clay, to Jordan Poole, oh. even Draymond if he's on the floor oh, at the time. Man, it was so annoying to watch. Exactly. Especially against exactly. Dallas. Oh my God, it was so annoying to watch. Exactly. And so that's why that's why I even feel like how did Dallas even make it to that point? Okay. You know what I'm saying? Cause, cause the way they run their offense, it's a, it's small. a Luca. They're very small. They run small. They, they, they play through Luca. So if Luca's having a bad game, the whole team is gonna have a bad game, right? And they don't really truly have a big man. 
Uh, I wouldn't even know who would you consider their big man for real. Maxi Kleber. No. <laughs> that's, their, that's, their, that's their start. He played very well in the regular season. Yeah. And then he just became gun shy and, and gun shy in the during the playoffs. I don't know what's going on with Maxi Kleber, but he was way too hesitant in some of those shots that he definitely was supposed to take. And that's what I you know, that's what I just see too many times, you know, with the with a team like the Mavericks. But, you know, it is what it is. You know, yeah, hopefully they can get, you know, a big man in the offseason and, and, and make something shake because I'll tell you one thing. Luka can only have so many losing years, man. Luka can only have he's so young, many losing young. years. He's young. He'll, he'll, he'll have his time. He'll live. He'll live. I believe it. Uh, we'll see. So, you know, getting back to the matchups and things like that, what is the biggest matchup that you would say for game one? The biggest matchup? Um, I would see is if they're putting Draymond on Jason Tatum. Why would, why why you say that? Because with Draymond, we know what Draymond brings on the defensive end, and as far as because I do not want Andrew Wiggins guarding Jason Tatum at all. Why? I just feel like even we saw we we saw they put Luka Doncic on Jason Tatum, mm-hmm. and it did not stop Luka Doncic. We still saw the same Luka who's still putting up big numbers, still scoring pretty much at will. So I think feel like the same thing with Jason Tatum, who's also a very good offensive player. As much as Andrew Wiggins has improved on defense, especially in this Golden State system, I do not want him guarding Jason Tatum in this finals. I'd rather have somebody with championship experience who's been in there, been there, done that, like Draymond Green, on Jason Tatum. Um, I don't think he can stop Jason Tatum mm-hmm. at all. I don't think that's going to happen. But I want to see if he's able to slow him down. And another, I, I won't say this is a matchup, but a, like the biggest player we do have to watch. I know this goes without saying is Stephen Curry. Right. If Stephen Curry. So who are you matching him up against? Marcus Smart has to be with Stephen Curry. Yeah. Has to follow him. Definitely. Has to follow him. No so way. so I say he he either has to follow. Well, okay. So depending on whether the Warriors run their death lineup or not, I I gotta put Marcus Smart on Steph Curry or Jordan Poole. Gotta put no. You have to put you have to put him on Steph Curry. Jalen. You have to put Jalen Brown. I could put Jalen Brown on Clay. You put Jalen Brown on Clay. You don't put Jason Tatum on Draymond. You put like Grant Williams on Draymond. Right. And have and then have Jason Tatum float around. Wait, wherever. on Grant Williams. Grant Grant Williams on Draymond Green. Yeah. Have you seen Grant Williams? Grant Williams is Grant Williams is a big body. He can he can float in the paint with Draymond and he can go into the perimeter with Draymond as well. So he's a we see he's a he's a big strong dude. He's a big I, guy. I don't know, man. I feel like Draymond will really just bully him, especially in the paint. Back him down. We did, see, we did see what happened with Giannis. We saw Grant Williams play. Grant Williams and Horford had a great defensive scheme against Giannis. They played very well. As much you know, they did whatever they could to stop Giannis, if that's even a thing. Yeah. But they did play very well defending Giannis. So, Giannis, Draymond Green is not Gian, on is not onto Tacumbo by any means. But at least that gives you somebody where, as far as like those broken plays where Draymond Green has this off ball screen or he gets the offensive rebound, we have someone like Grant Williams that's there for him. Right. I I see your point, and you know truly. You know, the matchups are key. But, you know, like I always say, and I always sound like a broken record, the Celtics have to play defense. Which they can do very well. And I feel like Golden State has not played a team like Boston at all. They haven't. Because if we go if we go through their playoff run, they played against Nuggets without Michael Porter Jr., without Jamal Murray. Right. They essentially played just— It, it was Jokic versus the Warriors. Jokic versus the Warriors. And you go to the second round. You play Memphis— John Moran gets hurt. They lose Dylan Brooks game three. Dylan Brooks. John Moran gets hurt. Ja. And then series is over. Yeah. You go to you go to the Western Conference Finals. You don't play Phoenix, who's a better team than Mavericks. Yeah. You play the Mavericks, who's just who's Luka, Jalen Brunson, and Spencer Dinwiddie. Mm. That's where all their offense is going to come from. And so we haven't played a team. They haven't played a team who can defend 
like Boston and who can score at like Boston. Yeah, so check this out. So Boston has the highest win percentage versus Golden State. And they're at nine and seven with that record, so it's not too good, but it's also not bad at all, considering the type of team that the Warriors have been for the past couple of years now. They were one and one this regular season. Yeah, they were Granted, one and one. Had, Clay Thompson, Clay Thompson, Jordan Poole, Al Horford, and Grant Williams did not play game one. They um they did play game two, mm-hmm. and you saw what happened. There was a blowout game two. Game one they only won by four or five points, I believe. Game two there was a blowout. So we do see that Boston, when healthy and when ready can match up very well against Golden State. That's why I like them to upset. I like them to upset. I was, I was actually just re-watching that game this morning, and I'm like, wow, they can really do this. Like, they can really do this. Um, but if I'm Golden State, what am I doing to prepare for the Boston Celtics? What do you think they're doing? How do you think Steve Kerr is going to game plan to play the Celtics again? As far as game planning to play the Celtics, I feel like I, you can't have Golden State just – sitting on a perimeter mm. they have to mix up their offense which they are very they are very capable of doing so we do see that a lot of times with go um, against dallas steph curry took uh, the layup more often than taking the three-pointer so i feel like they have to have that same offensive strategy against uh boston because boston is a great team at defending the perimeter very good you have defenders like jason tatum Jalen brown and marcus smart who can guard who can play on the defensive end and so we see when golden state has um keeps the team under i believe it's 120 points yeah they're 12 and they're 12 and 0 12, 12 and 0 12 and 1 right so they have so really it starts on the defensive end and that defensive end is going to carry over into the offense where they have to force the ball inside to create open shots for them on the perimeter for the clay thompson's for the jordan pools for the steph curry's of the world out there and if i'm also steve Kerr, i'm going to have to utilize andrew wiggins to the best of my ability the, who has played great he's gonna look he's gonna get paid I don't know if it's going to be from Golden State because they can't afford to keep him because they're yeah. paying everybody else. Yeah. But he has played – this is obviously the best career, best season of his career it is. on this Golden State team. Yeah, he's truly breaking out as the star that we all knew that he was going to be as soon as he got drafted. Whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't know if we all knew he was going to be a star. Oh, come on now. Oh, I don't know about that one. Come on now because when he got drafted to – he got drafted by Cleveland and when Cleveland traded him to Minnesota, we was like, oh, Cleveland folded. And then we saw a little glimpse and shines of him in Minnesota, and he was really good. I wouldn't say he was like a star 20, at 20, that point. Twenty a game, good twenty a game. Yeah, but good it, twenty a game. It was, it was, it was the most quiet twenty a game you see from a, a first pick in the draft. He, he just needed to be in the right system, Brian. That's all it we is. See, we see that now. You know, that's, finally got to the that's right all system, it is. And, he, and his <laughs> skills are really shining right it, now. Exactly. So, but my, my only question is, can he do that consistently? I think that's my I think that's my overall thing with all other, the players in this series. Other than Steph Curry, he's kind of he's kind of been the second most consistent player in the, um, on on Golden State. Yeah, I, I I just have I just have some I I don't know if the stage is going to be too big for him. I don't know if he's just going to play right where he left off. And and like I said, you know sometimes a little bit too much rest will kill you. So who's to say they won't come out there real sluggish and real like you know not taking the game as seriously and you do that against a Boston team like I said they can score at will and they play defense you won't find yourself in some trouble so I don't know that's my that's my that's my biggest that's my biggest concern about Wiggins but we'll see uh all right so we'll see so game one tomorrow night at 9 p.m on abc uh we will see i got celtics like i said my boy brian got yeah. the warriors I got the warriors winning game one uh we'll see we'll see man but moving on to some nba news so 
the Los Angeles Lakers finally have a coach. Finally, they make a good decision. Darvin Ham. Finally, they make a good decision. Is their new head coach. And Brian, I already know what you think, but what are your thoughts on this? Oh, man. I was hoping that it. I was, I was strongly hoping Rob Palenka and Jeannie Buss don't go out there and recruit Doc Rivers. We don't need Doc Rivers. You don't need Quinn Snyder. You need someone like Darvin Ham. Definitely. Assistant, I, former assistant coach from Milwaukee Bucks. Everyone, everyone is really happy for Darvin Ham. This is a great. He, who's actually played against LeBron James, which is which is, speaks to the longevity of LeBron. Exactly. So, a little bit about Darvin Ham. Played nine seasons in the NBA. He played with Denver, Milwaukee, Indiana, Washington, and Atlanta. So he's a pretty well versed Jer- guy. Journeyman. Yeah, he's a little bit of a journeyman. So. You may have known him when he played in college because he's most known for shattering the backboard shattering. with a dunk. How many head coaches out there have shattered a backboard? I don't know, Brian. Not too many. He might be the only one. So he shattered a backboard with a dunk that gave his Texas Tech Raiders an all-momentum that they needed to defeat UNC to send them to their first Sweet 16 in program history. So the guy is pretty he's, legit. He's, he's pretty legit. He, he definitely has his basketball knowledge. And I see a big thing with Darvin Ham that was not with Frank Vogel is that Kurt Rambis will not be attending any of the meetings as yeah. far as um, player personnel yeah. like he did with uh, Frank Vogel. So it seems like they're going to give they're gonna give um, Darvin Ham a little more leeway, you know, to more room to, you know, explore his player options, his personnel, see who he wants on his roster versus with Frank Vogel where they kind of picked the pieces of the, uh, of yeah, the, puzzle, like, the pieces of the pie for him. Yeah. And all he did was just take it out of him. So I got to say, I, I like this hire. At first, I was a little bit skeptical just because – you know, I haven't really heard of him in a while. Uh, he was previously on the Milwaukee Bucks staff as an assistant coach, you know, so he does bring that championship pedigree to the Los Angeles Lakers, which they desperately need. Uh, so my next thing is, what do you do with Russ? That's that's a great question. Um, they did they asked him that. Um, it looks like they're going to be keeping Russ. Unfortunately. Un- unfortunately, they're going to be able to. That's a, a, a tough contract to move. I'm hearing there, you know, there's rumors out there that they might trade, you know, looking to trade Russ for Donovan Mitchell, but the Lakers, really, are, but the Lakers do not want to give up a first round pick. They should. Are you kidding me? Yeah. If, if okay, so so two things, right? We're gonna we're gonna get back to your point in a second. So two things. If I'm if I'm Darvin Ham, right? I'm looking at how Russ played this past season. It was awful, god awful. Some might even say it was mediocre at best, but. What I can say is I'll come up with a three-step plan, plan A, B, and C. So plan A, try to somehow fit him in the system, right? If he's playing the first two weeks, maybe even I I give him a month. I give him a month trial. If he's playing trash the first month of the season and it's the same thing from last season, go ahead and release him. Just go ahead and release release him. him? Just release him. Just pay him not to be there? Just just release, bro. Just release him um, and have a plan B in, in place. Make sure you create a system that works without Russ. Make sure you create a system that can work when he's not on the floor because you can't set yourself up for failure again if you're the Los Angeles Lakers. I felt like last season they put all their eggs in one basket. They were so gun set, gun hole set on Russ, and he disappointed them. So if I'm Darvin Ham, I'm going to have a plan A with Russ, a plan B without Russ, and even a plan C if things just go turn the table left for the worst, right? So going back to that Donovan Mitchell situation, if I'm the Lakers, I would definitely definitely trade it, right? Definitely can't say can't say too much how uh, how you know accurate the rumors are, but they're definitely out there. There's a couple trade packages for Donovan Mitchell right now. 
with who? Uh, Miami Heat are thinking about sending are sending a package for Donovan Mitchell as well. That would include first round draft picks too. Wow, I would love to, I would love to see Donovan Mitchell in the Miami Heat uniform. Everybody, everybody can go to Utah. I, Tyler Arrow, Duncan Rod, as much as I've loved how they played before in the past, I will give you up in a heartbeat for Donovan Mitchell. I like that. I like that trade. And, and you know, you know, there's been rumor talks that Joel might go to Miami. He's out. He's out there tweeting. <laughs> he's just being Joel. If y'all get, he's if y'all were to get Joel and B championship, yeah, y'all would definitely get a championship. Ring time. That's literally. And then you know, just going back to what we was talking about when we was talking about the Heat and what they were lacking personally, they were just lacking a good rebounder, bro. They're lacking. They're lacking a big, a, 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 and a skillful big, skillful big that looks to score. Because right. Bam is good, but he doesn't look to score too often. So a skill, a big that looks to score, and I feel like we are missing another player that can get his own shot like Tyler Hero can. Right. One more of those, Miami said, we're going to have a really big team. They're going to need some really big rings if they get those two things, which I think they can get this offseason. Yeah. You know, hopefully we'll see. And so I really love this move by the Los Angeles Lakers. I think this was the first step in the right direction uh, for the Lakers. Um, I, I know LeBron's happy. LeBron tweeted as soon as he got hired, he said, let's go. Everybody, Everybody's happy to see him finally get his his, his uh, attention. You know, I always love seeing black head coaches yeah. in any in any position there, regardless of the sport. So it's good. I like, and I like that the Lakers are finally finally have made a good decision. It's been so long since I've seen them make the good decision. I thought they weren't capable of doing it anymore. Yeah, I really did think they were going to get Doc Rivers because... Who wants Doc Rivers? <laughs> Nobody, Ooh, man. Only Austin Rivers wants Doc Rivers. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want that guy on his team. Yeah, man. So, you know, it's, it's definitely – I'm excited to see what they'd move to do in the offseason. I do think they might have a better season. You know, it can't get worse than how they it were last worse. year. It can't get worse. You they the they you, can literally only go up, only from up from here. Only up from here. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, this has concluded – have time with the playmakers. So you know what time it is. It's time for some shout-outs. So first, I'd like to give a shout-out to God for this opportunity just to always uh, talk about what I love with people that I like, people that, you know, view sports the way I view sports and take it 100%. And, you know, I want to thank my mom for just always being there. I want to thank my mentor for always being there for me. I, I want to thank my friends and family who always tune in and listen to what I have to say, listen to what Brian have to say from a week-to-week basis. And, yeah, I will see you guys next week. Hey, man, shouts out everybody. Shouts out all the supporters. Shouts out you and my, you know, of course, for being here. Yes, sir. Shouts out to my friends and family, man. I am nothing without y'all's support, man. I am a reflection of y'all's love. and I couldn't be here without you guys. So I appreciate everybody listening. Appreciate shouts, uh, shouts out to God for giving us his blessing to just be here. And shouts out to fam, you. First and foremost, never forget, man. Rattlers go. Yes, sir. So before we head out of here, ladies and gentlemen, could you please follow us on Instagram at 90.5 The Playmakers? Please run that up. Yes, please. We will be very active, especially heading into this summer period. So go ahead and give us a follow. Stay up to date on everything, whether that's podcasts, live shows. And speaking of which, we got a live show coming for y'all. So if y'all like Halftime with The Playmakers, if y'all like the Saturday shows that we do, stay tuned this Saturday. Tune in to 90.5 five the playmakers and i'm out